Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Alexis. We both have known her for the past three years, and I am completely shocked to know that she's never been on the podcast. She's currently in Texas, but Illinois is where she calls home, and her core life value include creating, exploring, and inspiring. She gets to do all three of those every single day in her work over at ConvertKit. Her main focus is managing ConvertKit's affiliate program, but she loves to build relationships with influential creators. As a blogger and online entrepreneur, she understands the frustrations of growing an online business and aims to help bloggers find their fit with ConvertKit. Now, you can find her over on the gram, and we'll talk more about that. But today, it's all about how we can be more human and be a better communicator. Yeah, I'm really excited about this episode. Alexis gives so many great tangible, literally action steps or just flips of the script that we can use to be a better communicator with our partners, both in life and business, friends, family members, whatever it is. She shares two really cool tactics that they've used at ConvertKit in order to bring in amazing culture and team communication within various departments and then the company as a whole. So I think there's some really cool takeaways that you guys can get both big and small to integrate in your business, in your own relationships. We recommend a lot of books and podcasts in this episode. So it's a really, really good one. Hey, Alexis, welcome to the show. Hello, I am honored to be here. Oh, well, we've loved you for a long time. So it's it's great to have you on. It's not the, it better not be the first time you're on the show, is it? It's the first time. That's no. why I feel so honored. Up. Yeah. How? How? That doesn't even make sense, guys. Okay. So we've known you for like three years. I know. That's ridiculous. Okay. Well, for those of you who don't know Alexis, I'm sure we told you all the things in the intro. So I, I'll just get down to business. And and let you know that we're excited to be talking about that human element. I've loved following Alexa's personal brand and her traveling and her being her true self and her being very vulnerable with her content. 
in a way that doesn't make it seem because I think there's some people that get vulnerable and it gets real desperate and a little sad. And a little sad. <laughs> For real though. No, but I, know. I I think you've had a way of showing up that has just made you seem very real and very relatable. And so I love if you could kind of share when you felt like you needed to make some shifts to add more of that in and what were some of the things you started to implement that? Yeah, I love that. And I want to go back to what you had just said too about how sometimes it, it seems as if when people do share or they are vulnerable, it's not real or it feels desperate. I think something that's really helped me when it comes to what I share online whether it's you know a part of ConvertKit's brand or it's a part of my own brand, is the intention. Why am I sharing this? Am I sharing this because I really need to be talking to a close friend or a spouse or a therapist and I'm using the internet to do it? Or am I sharing it because I'm truly going through something that I think could really help someone else? And More the, people need to ask themselves that question. Mm-hmm. And the intention is I am sharing this out of service and connection versus I am sharing this out of, you know, the desire for attention validation. And, and validation. Yeah. And so I think if you can ask yourself that before you share something, there have been many a posts, whether that be podcast episodes or Instagram posts I have typed out and then deleted yep. because I'm like, mm, this doesn't really align with... I feel like I need to have a glass of wine and call my mom. Exactly. It's <laughs> <laughs> Ex- a different story. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think it was about... Three and a half years ago, I got into travel blogging for the first time. And that was really my my introduction into being kind of more of an online content creator. I have written books and, and sold different things and I used to own a clothing company for three years in college. And so I was used to selling physical products, but I'd never sold digital products before. And I didn't know that, you know, a part of that was a visual story that you were telling. But I didn't just there reached a point where I was tired of sharing pretty photos and I wanted to share something that was really meaningful. And I think that's something that both of you do very well in your own personal brands, as well as with your brand together. Well, we do it less well in that one, but thank you. We're working on it. (laughs) There's a fine line too. I mean, I I get that. I can't be, you know, on ConvertKit's Instagram sharing about my personal life, but (laughs) yeah, but I think I just realized that there are, there are so many people on the internet and and it's so noisy and it is so loud and everyone wants to share everything now. And so it got to a point where I had to ask myself, what do I feel? What do I feel like is missing from this conversation? What holes could I fill? And so for me, that was talking about connection and your humanity and who you are as a person and why that matters. And, you know, it doesn't always mean that you just need to word vomit and share every little detail of your life. But it does mean that whenever you do put yourself out there, beautiful things really can happen. Yes. In business and in life. For sure. Well, and I think, I mean, yours definitely, when I read it, it feels like a way to just connect between people. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because the way Emily and I have both implemented that separately, it tends to be a little more subject specific, but it's the same concept. You know, Emily is talking about what it's like to raise a black child as a white mom and like all of the baggage that comes with that. And 
trying to be the best version of herself for her, but also respect the Black community and learn from the Black community. And I'm over here talking about, you know, health and weight and all of the shit that comes along with gaining it and losing it and everything in between and that it's okay that it's a vulnerable experience. And it's if it were just calories in and calories out, we'd all be skinny because it's really way more complicated than that. <laughs> so I just really appreciate that when you show up as human, that you can apply this to any kind of business, honestly. Now, how it might work for a bigger business may be totally different than if it's just you as the brand. Which I think we can talk about because I love that you have such a unique perspective doing it in your own solo business where it is smaller, it is intimate, it is woman-led business. And and that in comparison to something like ConvertKit and the work that you do there, and we love ConvertKit. And we love ConvertKit not only for their software, but who they are as people and the type of business that they're running. And we truly respect them a lot. And I know you do too. And I know you see how they have used the same type of element to grow and be successful. So can you kind of do a little comparison about the differences between yours and theirs? Absolutely. Yeah. Whenever you're growing a business with anyone aside just yourself, the more human the more messy it can also be too. And so, you know, when it comes to running a bigger business or whether you work for a corporation or you have a team of 10, you know, there does have to be processes and lines and boundaries of professionalism and then and then your own personhood, but the really unique familial culture at ConvertKit is that you know, it's not too professional and it's not too personal. They've found a way to make it just really organic and and just kind of right in the middle there. I think what really just a couple of things at ConvertKit for me is our core values. So it's not just, you know, you can have something on your wall or on your about page, but if you don't live it out, it's no, not worth anything. Don't live it. Yeah. If you don't live it, it's not worth anything. And so we have a CEO, Nathan Barry and our directors that really live it out. And we see that as examples. And then it's that, that testament of, okay, I see a living example this isn't just something that is clinical or you know routine. This is real. And so some of our core values are teach everything you know. And so we share a lot about what we do at ConvertKit, the mistakes that we've made, the money that we've spent, <laughs> what our engineering is doing, what our marketing team is doing in order to hopefully help other businesses. And then as well as default to generosity, any opportunity that we can get to default to generosity, we do. We made a mistake. There was an issue with someone's trial period. Someone wants a refund past, past due. Like that's just our natural default is, okay, we want to be generous, generous, generous. And something really unique because ConvertKit is 100% remote we get together twice a year for company retreats for a week. And it's our, you know, twice a year to finally like get together, plan for the next six months, retro the past six months, but then also have really intentional conversations about where is the business heading? What mistakes did we make? What can we learn from? How are you doing in your job? So there's two really unique things that we do at ConvertKit that I think really align with this conversation. One is called a listening walk. And one is called unsolicited feedback. 
Both could sound scary, but yeah, it was within, yeah, like within, a trust fall <laughs> within the right community. It can be yeah. incredibly powerful. So the listening walk is everyone in like there's 49 of us now. So we all partner up with people that are not on our team. The directors prompt us with one question and then you go set off and you walk side by side. You can't look at each other. And one person just talks for 10 minutes and the other person sets a timer and just lets them just spew and just get everything that they want related to that topic out. So the very first one that we did was, what do you wish people at ConvertKit really knew about you and about Mm -hmm. who you were? About you. About you. Yeah. Not even about your work, like about you as a person and then how that does affect your work. And then, so you go for 10 minutes and then your, your listening walk partner goes for 10 minutes. This is also a really cool exercise that you could do with your family, with close friends. I think it it could be a really cool way to, to open up conversation in a way that feels more organic. And then when we all get back in the room and then if you and your partner have agreed, you can share on behalf of that person. So this past retreat, my listening uh, walk partner, his name was John and he's an engineer and someone that I don't interact with all the time, but I got to be his advocate. So I said, hi, my name is John and X, Y, Z. And so it's also a way to build advocacy within a team. I understand who you are as a person and I want to be able to advocate for you. And then the other aspect is the unsolicited feedback. So in teams, so I'm on the marketing team. So within the marketing team, we all break apart and go in different rooms. So the marketing team is in our own private room and there are nine of us and each person has a turn. You go, basically a timer is set for eight minutes. And when that timer is set and it is your turn, you no longer are there, quote unquote, and your team talks as if you are not in the room (gasps) about things they wish for you, things they see in you, things they want to celebrate in you. I would hide under a blanket and die. It is. I would cry the entire time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very emotional. It's very incredible. All the language is around, you know, is wrapped in love. And so instead of being critical, it's, you know, something I wish for Abigail is that she would see this or, you know, something that I saw in Emily last month when this happened, you know, I, I wish for her that she would, you know, like explore this way of solving that problem. And so then when your time's up, you have four minutes to process with your team what they said, explain anything that that came up or say thank you or whatever it is that you want to do. Or four and then, minutes of uncontrollable sobbing. Yeah, or that. <laughs> and then and then it's the next person's turn. So wow. those are just two really unique ways that we bring humanness into our company culture in a way that's really meaningful. And at the end of the day, a job is just a job. But if you can connect with your colleagues and your teammates and also who you work for, so the creators, which is y'all, it can make it really special. Yeah, That's really, really amazing to hear. And two tangible solutions for us even, because as we've grown our team and our company and now identify as a company where we were a small business or we were self-employed or whatever, like those roles have shifted over the years. Abby and I have asked ourselves for probably two years now how to develop great culture. And we are very, very intentional, even if we don't know how to do it right, even if sometimes we've ignored it for months on end because we don't know what to do, 
about wanting to create an amazing culture because we are all remote except for Abby and I. And it's not, there are no offices. There are no like get togethers to work. Like we don't do retreat. Like we don't do any of that. And so what can we start to incorporate in this virtual space to bring our VAs together and this team member together and us together and, and everything. So I really love hearing yeah. that. It's really helpful. Well, and I, the thing that came up for me with the, especially the listening walks, like it reminded me of pretty much all my best conversations have happened in a car. I was just going to say ours are a car ride. There's something about the not looking at the other person that allows you to open up in a bigger way. And you focus on driving or you're focused on walking. I've missed exits by 20 miles because I was so into listening and absorbing and you know, those people have turned into my spouse and my best friend and like all of those things. And so those conversations can be really powerful in, in building. But I also think the unique opportunity I see here is like, how could you take that and also apply it in a way that would work on a marketing level? And I think so few people right now are listening and they're just spewing information. They're like, oh, I know everything about X, Y, Z. I am an expert. Yeah. And what yeah. if we stood back and like uncovered what was actually going on in people's lives? And lately that's been like my personal mission. Like I'm going to get to know what's actually going on. And when, when that happened, it was heavy because in the same week, I found out someone had Hashimoto's, someone else was diagnosed with Lyme disease, someone was diagnosed with MS, someone lost a child, someone hadn't pooped in a week. Like, like you just never know what's going on and like these things that can really weigh on people or just be silly and like whatever, like you don't get to know that about someone unless you're willing to listen, unless you're willing to ask the hard questions. Mm-hmm. And I think the the most important part, even just what you said is what you're doing with your personal community. What you can do on a marketing level is you just have to make space. That's like one of my biggest challenges for my own self is I want to make space for these kinds of conversations for that level of depth, for that level of heavy, you know, for something to be heavy and someone to feel open enough and trust you enough to share, you have to make physical and emotional space for that to happen. And so I think it's something that you can do in your friendships. My friends and I now do unsolicited feedback to each other every every six months to a year. I'll check in. I'll say, hey, I don't want to put you on the spot right now, but I just want to let you know that I've been thinking about how I can be a better friend to you. Can you let me know where I've missed the mark? And can you let me know how I can support you in the next six months? Are there things that you see in me, character flaws or or character celebrations that you want to bring out in me to let me know are there? Just asking your friends that question is so freaking scary, like because there's just so much fear, especially with women, to have these kind of honest conversations with each other that, you know, I'm not going to walk away and be like, wow, what a bleep 
You know, or I can't believe she said, she said that to me. Right. When you have that level of trust and you do ask those questions and, and, and in business too, with customers, you know, if you open up a forum to customers, they'll tell you what they're oh, thinking yeah. about you and your brand. Oh and, yeah. But you've got to make that emotional space to be able to, to carry that. Because if you haven't, it's, you can easily become very fragile and it, the foundation gets rocky and you're like, never mind. I don't want to Never mind. I take it back. I don't want, I don't want to actually know. Zip. Been there. there. (laughs) Uh, How I do do this, my best friend and I do this often. We, we really enjoy heart to hearts and also just telling each other like what we respect and like about the other person. And we have found, it's not hard for us to do. We've known each other for literally ever. And, but for those of you who it may be a little bit more uncomfortable, you're trying to do this with a partner or a new friend or whatever. What I have found to be really helpful is we both nerd out a lot on Enneagram stuff. So there are plenty of accounts where it's like all about type three, which is me and all about type two, which is her. And so whenever I find something that I feel like speaks really highly of her and like, oh, this is what I love about you, or this is a funny quirk that you have, I'll send it to her with like an explanation. Or there'll be those memes that are not memes, but like graphics that are like how to love a two and it'll like list different things. And I'll send it to her and be like, which one of these is the most accurate and why? And like, it's kind of just those like 21 questions kind of thing. They don't have to be, they don't have to be super heavy on the front end, but you never know what's going to come of that. And so I have found out how to be a much better friend, even though we were great friends before learning what, what makes her truly feel loved and needed. And especially as a two, because they need, they need to be needed hardcore. And so what of that, you know, really sits well with her. And so now we also like, as I show up for her or as she shows up for me, we try to intentionally say, you really fed my type three side when you did X, Y, Z or whatever. And she'll do the same for me. And so it could be anything if it's not Enneagram, but like sometimes love languages, right? My husband and I do those and like took the quiz and figured it out. And it's like, oh, you really served this love language when you did X, Y, Z. And I think that what you just shared is having shared language and having commonality of of a safe, basically meeting ground of where to have and start those conversations. So you, you had a place to, to start off. And that's what, another reason I love therapy is because it gives you language for things that you don't really know how to explain about yourself or, or maybe you're having struggles setting boundaries. And so it gives you language of how to do that in a really healthy and kind and loving way that's not going to burn bridges, but really instead, you know, make make more connection. Yeah. Well, I love and that. I think the cool part is it, you can apply it to anything. Like I, my mom and I have always had this interesting relationship that, I mean, it's definitely more than mother daughter, but it's also like, you can't exactly be friends with your mom. Like you have to draw some boundaries. And so we try to read the same books and we will often like, oh my gosh, like you have to read chapter three. Even if you read nothing else, read this chapter and let's have a conversation about it. And the shared language, like you talked about, of being able to come to the table and say, hey, I see this happening for you, or I I know you're holding on to this. And I think this would be a healthy way for you to let it go. And all of a sudden has become way less of a critical relationship because I think before despite like so much love besides yeah we had so much love for each other that often we would point things out that would ultimately just hurt the other person 
And if you can go about it in a healthier way, I, I know she'll listen to this and I know it'll make her excited that she feels this way, but like having that as an ability, because there are going to be people in your life that are so sensitive. And if you go about it the wrong way, you're going to drive it a wedge between the two of you. Want to learn exactly step-by-step step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Totally. 
Even though your core goal and intention might be connection in the way that you handle the conversation, your tone, tone matters so much. It can actually, you know, break the the relationship apart. It's funny that you both brought that up about your mom, Abigail, and then Emily about the, the Enneagram. So the Enneagram has actually helped my mom and I find shared language because we would point things out in each other and we would get sensitive. And so I'm an eight on the Enneagram, which is the challenger. And I'm an eight hard wing seven. And I, especially with people I trust and love, I have to work on my tone because I'm just so blunt. And yeah. it really hurts my mom's feelings. Mm-hmm. And with her, your mom? she's a three. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, I just want to, she's a three with a hard wing too. And she's like, I just want, she you wants to, to please you, you and do amazing. I want to help you. Mm-hmm. And so seeing that in her softened my heart towards her and saw like her core intention. And then for also her to see me as, you know, not threatening or scary. I don't mean to even be like that. I just, sometimes that's just the way that I come off. And so I have to be more aware of that too. So it's, it's really, it's kind of funny in a way. Cause you're like, Oh, that, that explains that. I wish I would have known that <laughs> decades ago. Another thing that's really been helpful, and it's it's intention is for marriage, but I have also used it for other relationships in my life because I have the same issue where as a type three, as an only child, as a lot of things, I am very blunt. And like the people closest to me understand my tone and understand my intention. But even sometimes it's like, wow, rude, (laughs) like calm down a second. And so I have had to try to understand, okay, if, if we're both after the same thing, we want to achieve the same thing. Like, how do I need to be going about it differently? Because I know they're on board with this, but I need to like attack it in a different way. And so there's a a book out there by a woman named Laura Doyle. She's amazing. I wish I went through a coaching program with her. And so I know her on a personal level, but she wrote this book called first kill all the marriage counselors. And it's amazing as someone who loves therapy and has been to decades of therapy, her perspective being a little bit different, but it's six steps. And it's like this whole system that she's created, but it's outstanding. It's actions that you can do because she puts it on us to change our behaviors, thoughts, and processes in order to change our relationships and connections and the results that we're getting from them, which I yes. fully support. Mm-hmm. Cannot change anyone else. No. You cannot. Yeah. The things that you're doing though can impact the behavior and thoughts of other people. For sure. So anyways, her steps really break it down. And there are very, very simple things that she teaches you, like phrases of saying stuff like, I can't, instead of like, I really don't want to go help you clean out that garage or help you move. Just honoring your self-care and being like, I can't. And not explaining and just saying, I can't. And there are so many other different versions of what she's saying. One of her phrases is something like start instead of, and this is specifically for spouse, but like, instead of being like, man, like, can you pick up your shoes or this living room's a mess or whatever, saying literally something like, I would love to have a clean living room by this afternoon, or I would love a clean living room, literally just like stating what you want instead of how you're going to achieve that thing or whose responsibility it is for that thing. You can literally do this for anything. And so I've been trying it on for so many different parts of my life. I've actually checked it out three times now and have read it because it's out of print. So sorry, guys, but go to your local library and try to find it. Mine has a couple of copies. It's amazing. It's so good. I think that it's interesting that you bring that up because just the switch in the language can be all the difference. The other day, my husband was like, in the past, it would have been, can you put your damn toothbrush in the cabinet? Like, because he would have been over it. But he, he instead said... Hey, so 
I'm the one who started doing this and you used to put it away, but it's really bothering me. I want to be better about putting my toothbrush away. If you put yours away that I think we'll both put it away and then we'll have a clean counter. And I was like, okay, I remember when I used to put it away and I actually really liked that. So let's get back to it. And all of a sudden we were arguing and it took like 10 extra seconds. Sure. But like, whatever. I I just love that. Like we have the power with words. We're not manipulating. We're not trying to go around something to get a different result. We are literally just saying the whole truth instead of the half truth that we've been thinking is effective. Because I think if you get it all out there, it goes so much better. Yeah. And I think also just like, just kind of what you said about, I'd love to have a clean living room, but thinking through what is it that I want? And then what does my spouse want? Or what does my friend want? Or what does my sister-in-law family member want? So something I've been, I just got married three days ago, LOL. <laughs> and last night at dinner. You're an expert. Yeah. So this is my this is my marriage advice after being married for three <laughs> days. But I was sitting at dinner last night with my husband, still weird to say that. And yeah. I asked him, I said, what do you want your mornings to look like? Here's kind of what I think, but I'd love for us to work on this together because I I struggle with discipline in certain areas of my life. And I'd love to have someone like let's hold each other accountable or with a new sister-in-law. I'm the only daughter. I have one brother, my sister-in-law. I said, what do you want this relationship to look like? Like, how do you want me to show up for you in your life? Like, I would love to, to have you as a sister. Do you see this more of, we see each other at family things. Do you want to hang out separately? Like literally just asking. And then we've had such a great relationship since. And then the same goes, something that we haven't talked about yet is when you mess up. Mm, let's talk about and that. when you, you know, hard for me. <laughs> yeah, you know that you hurt someone's feelings or you know that your vulnerability might have hurt someone or your lack of awareness hurt someone. And so recently I had a friend that I had really hurt their feelings. And it took me months to see what I did, if that makes sense. It took me months to realize I needed to apologize. Oh, yeah. So it's like something happened and then you just kind of like push it off and then you look back at it and you're like, whoa, I handled this really poorly. I need to apologize. And I didn't want to. And this is not a praise me thing. This is like a, I want people to get better in their relationships with this is whenever you realize that you hurt someone's feelings, saying, I recognize what I did. I know that I hurt you. And I am so sorry for the way that I made you feel. And not trying to justify it, not trying to, or put it on them. Why are you so sensitive? Why are you so defensive? Instead of being like, I'm sorry I did this, but yeah, I'm we've banned the word, but in our arguments in our household, we have discussions a lot. We are a couple that like we've argue and, but we have, ba- but we have banned the word, but be- we've turned it into and, and I learned that from my friend, Amanda, who's a therapist, because she's like, you can have a, a this thought and want something different and want progress and want this. It's not a but situation. And that has helped tremendously. Yeah. I think it just comes to owning your apologies, owning your needs, owning the fact that other people have needs that might not align with yours. And so sometimes you're just out of alignment and the friendship has changed or you need to get back on course with your marriage or get back on course with your relationship with your mother you know, maybe her needs are, I need to talk to you every day. And your needs are, I want to talk to you on Sundays and that's it. Like 
So you just have to have conversations about what those needs are and figure out a way to make mm-hmm. it work for both of no, you. No, for sure. Yeah. The thing that that book taught me too in this conversation is is reaffirming that. But I think if we we all start to do a better job about coming into this situation without an action plan of how it has to get solved or how this has to happen, literally whatever. Like, I want a clean living room, so you need to pick up your shoes. Why don't you pick up your shoes right now? Like, that's us leading into this discussion, this conversation with already the ask and the demand of what you need to happen. You really just want a clean living room. Maybe this person might have a completely different solution to the problem that you state. And oftentimes like a partner in our life, whether it be friend or a marriage partner or life partner loves to solve problems for us. Like I love to do that for other people. And your person might like to do that for you too. And so present the problem, the the need and like, let's both figure this out or or let the other person chime in. Yeah, I love that. That actually reminds me of something that I have learned to do. I read this book called Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. Yeah. Have you ever yeah. heard of it? Yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't read it, but it's, I've heard of it. It's wonderful. Married people can read it too. But Matthew and I went through it the, the year before we got married. And there was this section in it that was, are you having a feelings conversation or a solutions conversation? Love it. And I've carried this literally into my friendships too. And even at work, if someone's getting into a conversation, I'll stop them and I'll say, is this a feelings conversation? Do you want to vent? Do you need me to listen? Or do you want me to give you advice? Do you want solutions? Do you want help solving this problem? And then they're able to also walk away and feel heard and seen and appreciated and not feel like you maneuvered them through something that they didn't actually need. And same for me with friends. Hey, I need to vent. I don't need your opinions. I don't need you to tell me what you think I should do. I'm just here to shit talk. Are you ready? Yep. Like, yep. I just want to get it out. And so yep. I think that's super helpful in business too. Just kind yeah. of defining what the conversation is. And what do you need from this? Yeah. And if like, I love what you said about not trying to have an action plan out of every single conversation. And sometimes the feelings conversations are the ones where you get to know each other the best. Because it's just unfiltered and you're not trying to, you know, put things into boxes and compartmentalize yeah. the issue. I, I think men tend to want to be so, like solution seekers. But as women in business, we're, we still have a strategy brain all the time. And so you can say, oh, well, that tends to be a man thing to do. But I'm going to I'm going to say that the women listening to this show, no, I have a have, for literally like everything. you guys have just as many. <laughs> issues with like spewing mm-hmm. and my solution is the right one for everything so <laughs> I've had to check myself a lot on that before we yeah. go into tech strategy to me I want to go back to your personal brand a little more and I we've talked about a ton of strategies to have these personal conversations and get to know people but how has opening up in this way allowed you to see growth and see change in your business? And are you able to earn an income from that? Or is it at this point just a fun outlet because you do have a full-time job? Yeah, great question. That's such a meat. There's such a meaty answer there. I would say that I got... So backing up, when I first got hired at ConvertKit, I've been with ConvertKit for over three years now. I was running a blog, doing full-time not full-time, but in my free time, I was doing a bunch of content creation, working with hospitality brands, tourism boards. I would basically trade Dropbox files of curated images for free hotels, free flights, free food. And so I wasn't exchanging anything for money up until 
2018 was a really like good lucrative year for me and my side hustle. I was doing a podcast that was doing really well and just really focused on that side hustle. And I, my priorities were not straight. Mm -hmm. Just being really honest with you. I was super caught up in Instagram. I was super caught up in how things looked. I was super caught up in booking trips and escaping from my problems by running and like, you know, work, convert kit work was doing really well. And my, in my free time, I was just always thinking about the next trip I could book because being busy Mm. made me feel important. And I wasn't giving myself space or time to step back and actually ask myself how I was doing or give myself space to even think about what my ideal life could look like. I was just moving, you know, and I think it's really easy to do that in business when you have a full-time gig and a side hustle and relationships and hobbies and you want to travel. It's just your calendar gets so full that you stop asking yourself how you are and you just keep producing. And I'm a producer. I want to produce things. I want to push things out. I want them to look good and perfect. And at the end of last year, one of my best friends unexpectedly passed away. And I, it broke me, totally broke me. It broke my spirit. I, you know, I was 25 at the time. She was 25. Her heart just stopped in her classroom. And there's no, there's no explanation of why it happened or how it happened. And I had not, when I went home for her funeral, I just took two weeks off from everything. And I had not taken a moment to stop in three years. And so it was like grieving, stopping everything. I closed on my podcast. Then I started, I really struggled with depression and anxiety for about six months, like depression pretty heavily, and then still struggle with anxiety. But therapy has been such a godsend and journaling and reading the Bible, you know, whether you're spiritual or not, like just getting connected with something spiritual really helped, helped me. And I just stopped everything. I was like, okay, I am still a person. And like, this gets back to our conversation about humanness is we get in these, on this path of should, you know, I should go to college. I should get married. I should buy a house. I should, 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 should. And in our industry, I should have a big email list. I should be doing Facebook ads. I should be posting on Instagram once a day. And it's like exhausting. And there was there, I lost sight of my personhood. Like I literally lost sight of who I was as a person because I was so caught up, like so caught up. And it took a tragedy to wake me up and realize that there was more to life than Instagram. There's more to life than making money. There's more to life than building an email list. I know that sounds like really <laughs> probably sounds too honest, but I just needed to re- like get back connected with my people. I needed to read again. I needed to like get back connected with what my what made me happy. You know, and and I stopped booking trips and I stopped using travel as an excuse to feel important and you know, whatever that is for you. And and I hope that it doesn't take losing someone to realize this for anyone listening. But if you feel like you're on this wheel, I would just give yourself permission to step off of it, even if it's just for an hour and just kind of recenter and figure out, am I building the life that I want? Am I becoming who I want to become? And I think I read the book Atomic Habits in January by James Clear And that book actually kind of started to pull me out of my depression because I realized that I was 
I was putting myself in a routine that really lended itself to depression, like pretty heavily. And my habits, my habits weren't reflective of wanting to get better. And so the, one of the questions was, you know, are you becoming who you want to become? And my answer was, no, I'm not. And it's like, what steps do I need to take to get myself back to who I want to be? You know, and like, where's my spirit? You know, it, it was broken. How do I rebuild that? What does that look like for me? So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where things are with my personal brand. I'm really excited that next year I'm launching a new podcast called Deeper Life. And we're going to talk about all the deep shit that no one wants to talk about. I can't wait. We're going to talk about poverty and racism and privilege and money, like mentality and just everything, like all the conversations I wanted to have, but felt too inadequate or too uneducated about. Like, I just want to have a space for that. And I don't even care if it's successful. I just want to have conversations about it and put it out there for anyone that feels like they could maybe benefit from it. So that's coming out next year. In February. Yeah, I'm so, so, so excited. And it just feels like a cool project that is still connected with my humanness and less about business for me because my full time job is business acquisition, Strategy, helping, marketing, helping people make yeah. money. And yeah. now it's like, okay, I think my creative outlet actually needs to be detached from yeah. that. And yeah. it's okay to have hobbies yes. and that not make yes. money for you. I know. It's yes. hard. Weird. It's really yes. hard. That's <laughs> weird, right? It's for fun. Trying okay. to figure out what I like to do right. for fun totally. that doesn't turn into revenue is difficult. So I'd love for you to break down three to five action steps for someone who has this desire to be more human in their brand and open up conversations both with maybe their potential clients and in their personal relationships. Where would you start? I think I would start with asking yourself, what kind of conversations are you comfortable having? Like if vulnerability is hard for you, it is actually very hard for me. I can turn vulnerability into data of like, this is just is what it is, but it's, it comes down to sharing things that kind of make your stomach turn a little bit. That is vulnerability. And so I would take a look at your about page, take a look at your website, take a look at your Instagram bio, take a look at the captions that you write and ask yourself, is there humanity in this? Or is this just clinical? Is this dry? Does this lack personality? Does this lack who I am as a person? I think that would be the first one is just doing like an audit of all of the content that you put out and ask yourself, where am I in this? Like, where is the me part of, of this content? And then, then I would probably move into asking yourself what you feel comfortable kind of sharing. Maybe you're private and you don't really feel like sharing anything about your life, maybe you'd work better on one-to-one. And so find a couple of prompts or a couple of questions that feel comfortable for you to ask your clients or your customers and start having those conversations. One of my favorite questions to ask, and it's something that I encourage people to email their email list quite often, is what is your biggest struggle right now? Not even in a certain subject. I just ask, what is your biggest struggle? If you want to niche and get more particular, you can say, what is your biggest struggle right now with, you know, budgeting for your personal business, you know, whatever that looks like, but you will be shocked at what people will take the time to write you. Kind of like what Abigail was sharing earlier about when people really sit, you ask them and you make space, they will share that. And I just, I love that. Then you have the responsibility 
of responding and actually mm-hmm. being someone who, and who like responds and, like, and is responsible and with that, that in. information. Yeah. Cause it can be heavy. And so you have to make space for it and then do something with it. And then I would also encourage you to start having conversations. If you work for someone else or in your side hustle or your business partner, just asking yourself, Hey, I am trying to be more vulnerable. I am trying to be more human. I am trying to show up more as myself. Can you speak that into me? Whenever you see me do that, can you say, I see what you did there and I really encourage that? Because it's so much better whenever you can tell someone else, hey, this is what I'm working on right now. Can you help me in this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Alexis, thank you so much for being here. Can you let everyone know where they can follow you online? And then let us know what the name of that new podcast is going to be again so people can make sure that they're going to going to go subscribe and listen. For sure. For sure. So I used to have a podcast that was, I ran that for three years called The Laptop Lifestyle. It's still on iTunes. There's a lot of really good content on there. So yeah, go check out The Laptop Lifestyle by Alexis Tyke Miller. You can follow me on Instagram, which is where I hang out the most and write the most and share the most at Alexis Tyke Miller. And then the new podcast coming out in Q1 of next year is called Deeper Life with Alexis Tyke Miller. I love it. Thank you so much for your vulnerability and all of these strategies. And I know we just glazed over the kind of culture that is at ConvertKit, but we have really enjoyed being a part of that community and all they stand for and have been a supporter from the very early days of that business. And so if you have a desire to be more vulnerable with your audience through email, we actually have a free course that goes over how to craft your welcome sequence. And in that, it includes a 30-day free trial of ConvertKit. So if you have a desire to like open up and be that voice of reason and also touch people on a more one-to-many model with this aspect of humanness involved and work with an incredible company in the process, I want you to go to bossproject.com slash email, grab that free course, get your free 30-day trial, and we cannot wait to see what content you come out with next. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy-to-customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.